Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Sunday, January the 2nd, 2022. It is currently 9.03 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas. We're currently outside. You've got to you've got to hear this. Currently outside. It is 19 degrees. What in the name of bubblegum is going on? Yesterday when I left this empty sanctuary, it was like 60 something degrees. It was nice. It, it was it was warming up. It was going to be a great day and then all of a sudden a few hours later a cold front came in and now it's 19 degrees outside. It's not, basically the the weather is, it's not suitable for any human being to be outside in. I, I, I was like, I, I don't want to leave my house, but it is Sunday morning. So church is where I need to be. Church is where I'm at. I got here early to turn on the heat so that when everyone arrives here in a little, well, let's see, what time is it now? Nine, nine oh four and, and a little less than an hour People will be arriving for Sunday school, and hopefully when they walk in, they'll be happy that it's nice and warm here in the sanctuary, but we're not here to talk about the weather. No, we are not. We are here to turn our attention once again to the book, The Imitation of Christ, written by Thomas Akempis over 500 years ago, a book that has been greatly influential to many Christians from different theological backgrounds. It's very interesting how influential the book has been. We don't agree with the theological background of Thomas Akempis. In fact, at times his uh, theological perspective shows up in the book, and whenever it does, I point it out, and I may express my disagreement. But even though I disagree with the theological background of Thomas Akempis, the book, again, has been very influential. And what we have discovered in our working through the book is that there is much to consider, much to meditate on, much to be convicted by. And so we are going to continue to work our way through this book in 2022 with the goal of hopefully finishing it in 2022. I I, I don't know if that will happen. We're going to try, but really... Every time we just open the book, it's it's just a great time, really a, like a devotional study and to give you something to think about and to really focus on. But before we even open the book, before I even give you the chapter number, the chapter title, before I say anything about the book, let me just kind of get you thinking in the right direction, all right? Are you ready? And I need you to be very honest with this. Do you think, honestly, that you are more concerned and more aware of your own spiritual struggles and sin than you are of other people's sins, of other people's failures, of other people's struggles? Are you more aware of your own sin, your own shortcomings, your own struggles, those things that maybe no one even knows about, no one even aware about? Now, I know you're aware of them, but is your awareness, is your concern with or is your being bothered by are you are you greater about the sins that are inside of you than the sins that are inside other people it seems that christians are very good at pointing at everyone else going look what they did look what they did look what they did look what they did and then you know pronouncing what they think those people should or shouldn't do well that person shouldn't do this that person should do this because 
They've committed this sin and 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 this sin. But the whole time they know there's a lot of dirt inside of them. There's a lot of things going on inside of them that maybe no one else is aware of. And so instead of being bothered about their own problems, their own sin, their own shortcomings, and, and in fact, in many cases, I think there's a tendency. We, we've, we've already talked about this in other podcasts. I think sometimes there's a tendency that we cover up our own failures, our own struggles, our own shortcomings by really condemning the shortcomings, those same shortcomings we see in other people. Like, it's almost like, okay, I know that these shortcomings are there, but I'm going to kind of cover up for them by really condemning what everyone else is doing. I'm going to make sure everyone knows that I think that's wrong. Oh, but, and the reason you think it's so wrong is because you are very familiar with the struggle, with the sin, because it's present inside of yourself. I think it's very easy for us to spend more time looking and talking about other people than looking and talking about what's going on inside of ourselves. I think we have a tendency to do that. I, I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Many churches will have, you know, like a, a prayer meeting or, or a time of prayer. And typically, not always, but a lot of times when someone decides to, hey, we need to pray for someone, right? We need to pray for someone. And we're going to pray for someone who's done something really messed up or, or is struggling. It's usually that we're going to pray for someone not inside our little group or inside our church. It'll be like, hey, I work with this guy. He's an alcoholic. His marriage is falling apart. He had an affair. You know, hey, uh, I, I work with this person and his son has been having, you know, physical relations with his girlfriend and she thinks she's pregnant. Like all of that dirt that we're going to pray about tends to be the dirt outside of the walls of the church. The church has never really been very good where people could come to church and say, hey guys, I need you to pray for me because I'm struggling with pornography or what? Because, well, now that's shameful, that's embarrassing, and nobody wants to do that. And I, and, and I can understand a little bit of that like, desire not to just like open up in front of everyone, but it's just interesting that we have no problem quote unquote, praying for other people, which in many cases to me is just, it's an opportunity for, to share the dirt and to share the gossip. I mean, sometimes you, sometimes Christians love when they hear that someone messed up, they got to tell three or four or five other people who, who messed up and what they did. And they got to give them all the dirt because it's everyone else's business. When in reality, it, it, in most cases, it's no one else's business. And you say, what well, I've got to tell other people so they can pray for them. You know what? How about you do this? You know the situation? How about you pray for them? Right? I mean, if, if four people pray for them, is the situation going to become drastically different? It, does God require a certain number of people praying before he will enter before he will act? Like God's like, "Okay, you've prayed for the situation, but I need four more people. You give me four more people and then I'll do something." How about you just pray? And you don't speak about it unless you absolutely have to. How about how about doing that? But we have this tendency to think about other people's sins, talk about other sins, other people's sins, gossip about it, and preoccupied with it. There's just something that we have a tendency to do. Now, I bring all of that up because Thomas Akempis, in book two, which is where we're currently at, chapter five, 
We are in book two, chapter five of The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Kempis. That sound that you just heard in the background, that's part of the book falling apart, okay? Uh, every time I open the page, another part of the book just falls up off the, the because the book is literally falling apart. I've had this book for so long and I'm just gonna continue to use this, this copy of the book until we reach the end because this will be the last time I go through the book with this copy. I've used this book over and over and over and over and literally every time I open the page, like like pages are just falling out of the book. It's just like there's going to be nothing left of this book, but that's okay, all right? Here we go. Book two, chapter five, and this chapter is called Consideration of Oneself. Consideration of Oneself. Now, you'll notice I didn't, I didn't use that as the title, right? Consideration of Oneself, because it made me think of the concept of self-consideration, or to be self-considerate. And the definition of that is being self-considerate means to put yourself first before the needs of others. Now, I know that's not what he's referring to. So, and I didn't want, you know, and I know he even said, he didn't say self-consideration, but consideration of oneself seems to be this idea of being self-considerate, of, 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 of placing yourself before anyone else. And that's not what he's referring to. So I, I changed the title to try to get a better idea of what Thomas Akempis is wanting us to think about. So the title, the title of the chapter is Consideration of Oneself, and it becomes obvious what he is referring to here. Are you ready? Here we go. Book two, chapter five, Thomas Akempis, The Imitation of Christ. Here we go. Thinking caps on. He begins with this uh, sentence. We cannot trust over much to ourselves because often grace is lacking in us and understanding also. Thomas Akempis begins this chapter by telling you, you cannot trust yourself. Do not put too much trust in yourself. Now, he may not go so far as to say we can never trust ourselves, but he is definitely saying we cannot over much trust ourselves. We cannot place too much trust in ourselves. How much do you trust yourself? How much do you trust yourself? Now, it's interesting. The verse that he, he, that's, that's listed here in the book for this concept that we cannot trust over much to ourselves is Jeremiah 17.5. I really thought he would use a different verse in Jeremiah, but Jeremiah 17.5, because we typically read this and immediately apply it to other people. But just look at it. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 5. Thus saith the Lord God, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Now, typically we read this as like, okay, don't, don't put your trust in other people. Don't look to other people for your help or for your assistance. And then putting in its historical context, especially Israel, always looking to, in many cases, to other nations or other people to try to make an alliance to help them. Stop trusting in men. Trust in God. And we typically apply this to, okay, stop trusting in other people. Put your trust in the Lord. Thomas Akempis uses this to say, okay, don't trust in yourself. Jeremiah 17, 5, thus saith the Lord God, cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Cursed, this is the way Thomas Akempis is almost using it. Cursed is, is the person 
who trust in themselves. How much trust, how much confidence do you have in yourself? The reason Thomas Akempa says we should not put much trust in ourselves is because we're because often grace is lacking in us and understanding also. We lack grace and we lack understanding. Now, here's the thing. I don't know how aware we are of our own lack of understanding. I think we're quick to point out, well, that person doesn't understand. That person doesn't get it. That person doesn't know what's going on. Are we as quick to see our own lack of understanding? Are we, are, are we perceptive? Uh, now, I, I think it's sometimes because we don't understand in ourselves, then we, it's, can you perceive what you don't understand if you don't understand? I, th- I think that sometimes we're not even aware of our own lack of understanding because we don't understand. And I think that that's something we always have to consider. In Bible college, I think there were, I, ha- I may have had two professors in Bible college say this, maybe in one, I can't remember which Bible college, which seminary, I can't remember which one, but I just, re- I'll never forget the lesson. The lesson was the reason you pursue education is, is because education is designed to demonstrate to yourself how much you don't understand. That the more education one obtains, the more they become aware of their own lack of understanding. The goal of education is to demonstrate to you how much you don't know. If education, if, if somehow in education you just become more puffed up and arrogant thinking you know more, then education really didn't do its job. It's really there to, to demonstrate to you, you don't know everything. You don't understand everything. And I think we have a, a, a lack of understanding, our own lack of understanding. I think, I think there's, there's a tendency in that. I think many Christians seem to think that they've got it all figured out, when in reality, maybe we don't have it as figured out as much as we do. We lack grace. We lack understanding. Therefore, we should not put much trust in ourselves. Now, let's go. I don't have this morning, obviously. Sunday school starts at 10. So I don't have as much time to unpack all of this. This is one of those situations where I'm just going to kind of give you these, these principles for you to think about, and then we'll come back and talk about it in a different broadcast. But I'm going to try to at least, oh, I won't be able to finish this entire paragraph. We'll just, I almost should stop right there, but let's just at least introduce the next part. Here we go. There is little light in us, and this we quickly lose by our negligence. Thomas Kempis says, hey, there's, there's very little light inside of us, and we typically lose that light because of our own negligence. See, we have a tendency, we think that we have all the light and everyone else is in darkness. But in many cases, we have little light, and then we lose that light because we're so negligent. We don't, we don't work to, to increase that light. We don't work to strengthen that light, to maintain that light. We just think, oh, I've got, I've got the understanding. You don't. I know you don't. And well, we end up losing it. Oftentimes, oftentimes too, we perceive not how great is our inward blindness. Oftentimes we do evil and excuse it. 
Thomas Akempis is just going in. We don't perceive our own blindness. We don't perceive our own lack of understanding. We don't perceive the lack of grace inside of us. We don't perceive all of that. And then next thing you know, we are, we are doing evil and then we try to try to excuse it or try to explain it away. We are sometimes moved with passion and we think it's zeal. Sometimes we, we, we are moved with passion and it's just a fleshly passion, but we're like, no, that is zeal. That is, that is godliness. And we, in many cases, our actions are actually motivated by the wrong thing. They're fleshly, but we'll try to spiritualize it and try to justify it and try to say that it's acceptable and try to say that it's okay. And in many cases, we're simply acting out of fleshly rebellion. And then we'll say that we are standing up for the things of God. We are really good at justifying our own actions. We reprehend small things in others and pass over our own greater matters. We will see something in someone else and we will jump all over it. We will condemn it. We will expose it. We will talk about it. We will destroy that person. We will brand that person. We want them crucified. And in many cases, we pass over greater issues inside of ourselves. Think of it this way. We have a tendency to see the greatness of a sin when it's committed in others, and we, we don't see the greatness of that same sin when it's committed by our, us. When a sin is committed in others, we see it as something great, something, you know, that's the end. That's like, it's, it's, the, it's, it's death to them, right? It's like, we, we see it as the greatest crime against all of humanity, but a very similar sin committed in us we, 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 we look, well, you know, it's not exactly the same thing. We start making excuses. Quickly enough, we feel and weigh what we suffer at the hands of others, but we mind not how much others suffer from us. He who rightly considers his own works will find little cause to judge another. What Thomas Akempis is saying is if you really, really, really consider yourself, if you really will look at yourself, you're going to find very little reason to judge anyone else. You're going to be very quick. You're going to be very slow to judge others. The more you judge yourself, listen, the less you will judge others. The more you examine yourself, the less you're going to feel the need to examine other people. The more you condemn yourself, the less you're going to feel the need to condemn everyone else. Now, I'm not saying we should justify sin anywhere. I'm not saying we should justify sin. I'm not saying that, hey, that person over there is committing a sin. Yeah, but I can't really say anything because, because I've committed sin. No, we have to speak against sin because sin is sin no matter who commits it because it's not us determining if it's sin. It's scripture that determines it's sin. But what Thomas Akempis is trying to say, we need to be so aware of our own problems and our own sin before we even dare speak about anybody else. If we would judge ourselves more, we would judge others less. If we would condemn ourselves more, we would condemn others less because we would see the reality of our own sin. 
I'm going to argue that one of the signs of spiritual growth, just just stay with me here, okay? I'm going to try to at least put forth a thesis here, put forth a principle in just the next few minutes. I know I'm not going to be able to unpack this, but I really want us to consider this. I believe that, that Christianity has really, in a sense, there's like, maybe, maybe I'll break it into two parts, right? There is your initial, the initial feeling of, of being born again, of, of being converted, right? Now, now if, you've, if you were raised in a Christian home and you were converted at an early age, you may not experience this. But for those of us who were converted later in life, either as a teenager or as an adult, I think that this, this, there's, very, there's a, a lot of truth to what I'm about to explain here. So, and the, and the initial conversion, you are excited about the things of God. You have a passion. You have a zeal. You're like, okay, the Bible says this is wrong. The Bible says this is wrong. And you may be like ready to rush hell with a water gun. You're telling everyone that's a sin. That's a sin. That's a sin. That's a sin. You may be arguing with people. That's not, that's not right. That's not right. And you have a lot of passion. You have a lot of zeal. And a lot of that passion and zeal is put forth and confronting other people, condemning other people, preaching to other people. And, and you just have this fire and this passion. And there's a lot of good that, that comes from that power, that, that, that passion and that fire and that zeal. There is a lot of good because you need people going out there trying to confront and trying to teach and minister and trying to help. But sometimes all of that passion and zeal is really pushed towards other people. I think that one of the so I think that that's that's common. And then the longer you've become, the longer you are a Christian, the longer you are a Christian, the more you become aware of your own sin, of your own failure, of your own shortcomings. See, I think when you initially become a Christian, you're like, okay, I'm a Christian now. All my sins have been forgiven. It's almost like you start off with a, a clean slate. So so all of your past sins are just kind of over over. They're forgotten. They're just gone. And that's one of the great things about conversion. You just take that weight you've been carrying away and it's just thrown away. It's thrown into the deepest ocean. Your sins is removed as far as the east is from the west. You have that freedom. It's like you're starting, you know, with a completely clean slate. So it's easy to run around with a little bit of passion and zeal because it's almost like, hey, all of my past sins are gone. I'm going to live godly now. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything right now. It's like that brand new start. And so therefore, you don't really worry about your own sin because you're starting, in a sense, without any sin. All your sins have been forgiven. So it's very easy to become very condemning of everyone around you. It's very easy to go, what's your problem? What's your problem? What's your problem? What's your problem? Because you're starting with all of your sins basically being removed. But the longer you are a Christian, the longer you are a Christian, the more you begin to realize, wait a minute, I'm still a sinner. Wait a minute, I still have a sinful nature. Wait a minute. I still think about this and desire this and I do this and I find myself. And then the, the longer that goes on, a lot of things can happen. You can become disillusioned. You can become discouraged. You can become frustrated. And you may, and many people just give up and say, well, this Christian thing didn't work. But here's the key. I think the, the, the biggest sign the greatest evidence of one's spiritual growth is a greater awareness of your own sin. 
I think one of the signs of spiritual growth is where you are more aware of your own sin. You are more bothered by your own sin. You, you, you consider yourself, in a sense, you look to yourself. You look at yourself more than you look at others. I, I, I've stated it, and I'll paraphrase, uh, but, but I've stated it for years that true humility is the impossible task of being more bothered and more concerned of about your own sin than the sins of others. That's true. True humility is where you're more bothered by your own sin. You're, you're more upset about your own sin. You're more hurt by your own sin than the sins of everyone else. Sometimes we're, oh, we're very aware of every sin that anyone else commits and how it may impact us negatively. And then we may carry that around like, that person did this to me and that person did this. But True humility, true spiritual growth is when you become more bothered by your own sins. You're more aware of how you have hurt others than how others have hurt you. Now, this is not to excuse anybody. I'm not excusing my sin or anybody else's sin because it's easy for you to go, well, look, look, you need to be more worried about your sin and not worried about my sin. It's not about that. It's about the fact that we all, including me, need to be more worried about our own sins. We need to be more aware of them. Spiritual growth is a, is a growth and self-awareness of your own failure, your own sin, your own struggle. You've been a Christian long enough, you realize, wait a minute, I'm, I, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, those are the things I do. With my mind, I serve the law of God. With my, with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. Yes, that's from Romans 7. That's the Apostle Paul. I think that the more we grow as a Christian, the more we realize how much we sin and how far we fall short. I'm going to have to stop right there. I, I really want to go further into this, but yes, well, let's just stop there. I mean, it's uh, it's nine, it's almost nine thirty, so I have to stop. This is one of those Sunday morning where we turn to the uh, the Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. We've done a lot of these where I get here and I only have a little bit of time, and we kind of just throw the idea out there, and then we come back and we kind of really then do a little bit more and unpack it. Hopefully you always appreciate these kind of little Sunday morning discussions where we have the opportunity to open the book. But I, I, I was struggling here because I, ha- I have a news article here that's absolutely disturbing, absolutely disturbing, and kind of giving us an example of some things going on in our country. And I wanted to turn on the microphone and talk about that, but I'm like, it's Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning. It's the Lord's Day. I'm here at church. So instead of worrying about the news for right now, let me push that to a side and let's focus on something spiritual and what better thing to consider than a call for us to be more aware of our own failures, our own sin, than we are of the sins of everyone else. In 2022, let's just consider ourselves in the sense of our own failures, our own sin. Let's let's judge ourselves so we're less likely to judge others. Let's condemn ourselves so we're less likely to condemn others. Let's let's focus on what's going on inside of us. Let's see our own shortcomings, our own blindness. Let's see our own weaknesses, our own struggles. 
because there's there are pl- there's plenty of things to consider inside of yourself. All right. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. All right, in about 30 minutes, a little bit more than 30 minutes, we'll be live on the air right here for the Theology Central podcast. We'll be doing a Bible study exercise. We're going to be doing a book overview study of the book of Micah because our study is Micah chapter 5 this week. So we're going to really just start the week out We're doing a book overview. I've already given you the assignments of that if you've missed. And then at 11.20, a.m., we will be then moving to the VBC podcast, and we'll be working on Romans chapter 8. We're really dealing with the doctrine of reprobation, uh, God's decrees, the order of God's decrees, God's sovereignty. We're dealing with a lot of those very controversial theological issues, and we'll be working on that under the VBC podcast. So, Around 10, we'll be live right here under Theology Central. At 11-something, we'll be switching to the VBC podcast. Subscribe to both. If you're using the Spreaker app, you can always listen to us live whenever we're live on the air. So you may want to consider that. All right. I look forward to your any of your thoughts about anything that Thomas Akempis had to say. I always like to – I love discussions about what he had to say because uh, I think that's – that discussion, that back and forth – Talking about it, I think, really brings up more and more principles and things to consider. All right, email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great day. We'll be back on the air in a little, uh, little, probably just a little over 30 minutes. God bless.